Hey friend, do you love the smell of books? Maybe you absolutely delight in the sound of a pen gliding across a page as you write. Hi, my name is Shira Rodriguez, and I am a Jesus follower, a writer, entrepreneur, and lover of all things boho and books. In this podcast, I want to take you on a journey of discovering yourself, discovering God and your passions, and how to make your life beautiful and so full that it overflows into the lives of others. And over here, we are not about compartmentalizing life. Oh no. Over here, we talk about holistically taking your life and presenting it as a place where others can be blessed just by knowing you. Are you excited? I am. So snag your favorite mug of tea or a pen and paper and let's jump in. Because you're listening to Her Reading Life Podcast. Hello, friends. How are you? Are there any books that have caught your fancy recently? I've recently been taking a little trip through George MacDonald's work, specifically reading a short novella he wrote, a fairy tale, called The Day Boy and the Night Girl. It's a gorgeous fairy story about a boy who is never allowed to see a glimpse of darkness and a girl who is denied the chance to see daylight. But really, it's an allegory about goodness and beauty and how it permeates even the darkest places of life. For those of you who don't know, George MacDonald was a Scottish pastor of the 19th century whose books had a profound influence on men like C.S. Lewis and writers like Madeleine Longall. I love it when a book can profoundly change the way you see the world. Books have this unique way of slipping a new lens over your eyes so that it shifts the way you see, sometimes bending the light a little so that you step into somebody else's shoes for just a moment as you're behind those pages or listening to the narrator read into your earbuds. In fact, another one of George MacDonald's books, At the Back of the North Wind, was one of those books that honestly changed me and grew my faith. So today, I'm super excited to give you a chance to hear some lovely bookish friends of mine, as well as fellow writers, share some of the books that have changed them profoundly and helped them become the young women they are today. I was so honored to have these amazing and inspiring young women with me on this call. So take a seat in my virtual living room as if you just walked through the doors of my home for a book club meeting and let me introduce you to each of these lovely ladies. You'll hear from Valerie Cottonmore first, and apart from being the sweetest, coziest, brightest soul in the world, she just released a delightful YA historical novel called Your Home Is Here, overflowing with Anne of Green Gables meets Downton Abbey vibes. When her mind is not buzzing with new story ideas, you can probably find her researching nerdy history facts, watching Broadway musicals, and singing in her church choir. My friend, Ryan Elizabeth, also joined us on this chat, and let me tell you, she always has the most delightful and unique insights, coupled with her amazing ability to bring out the strangeness and beauty of life, even in the ordinary. She's also a writer, artist, and Studio Ghibli connoisseur. And last, but absolutely not least, is my lovely and dear friend, Christiane Hassman, who is also a writer and one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. She's slightly obsessed with fantasy worlds, cinnamon tea, and traveling. She actually grew up as a missionary kid in the beautiful country of South Africa and has a beautiful heart for sharing stories that impact with truth and beauty. I can't wait for you to hear the rest of this chat, and by all means, sit yourself down by us and lean in as you eavesdrop on our conversation. So, without further ado, let's jump in.
Welcome, girls. I am so thrilled to have you on this episode. I have had this episode on my heart for so long. Um, As someone who never had a book club but always loved the whole book club vibe, I have wanted to do this for so long. And I was, I listened to podcasts and things like that where they had these sort of things. But I always thought, wait a minute, what if you had more of a book club vibe that you're not just interviewing the person, you're literally just fangirling over your favorite books and really just bringing out the beauty of that. So I am so incredibly excited to have you guys on. All right, girls. So I'm so excited to dive in. So you guys ready? Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to ask each of them in turn, and they're going to talk a little bit about this. So the first question, how did you get into reading and who or what inspired you to read? And I like asking this question because there's always this like moment where you kind of think, oh, wow, this is actually fun. Where, where reading doesn't be- is more than just some a school assignment. It becomes something that you truly love. And I'd love to hear how that started with you, Valerie. Yeah. So I, it's hard to think of a time where I didn't love reading. I feel like I've loved reading since I learned how to read. Um, But I think the, one of the more pivotal moments of realizing um, just that I couldn't get enough of books and reading in general um, was when I was homeschooled and my mom would read a lot of books to us, of course. And um, one of the books that she was reading with us was American Girl Samantha. I loved the American Girl books. And I remember realizing how much I loved history and how much I loved um, just that time period, which ironically is the same time period that um, my book, Your Home is Here was written in. I don't think that's a coincidence. That was a very impressionable series, but, and kind of really, she was reading it to us and I just wanted more and more and more. And so then I started reading um, some of the other American Girl series by myself for myself. And I started to realize that, yeah, like the reading was something I was doing in my own free time. It wasn't just, um, something that I had to do for school or anything like that. So I feel like that's kind of where my maybe obsession for reading started, although I always love to read. Mm-hmm. So def- definitely similar to Valerie, I don't have like a super specific point, but I've been told I taught myself to read when I was three years old. Um, <laughs> stories and books have always been a part of my life. So You know, I don't really have a point of my life when I didn't like reading them. Um, However, I have to say a key moment in my childhood is when I was in third grade. That's when I remember starting some of those just pivotal chapter books and series. For me, they were The Boxcar Children, also American Girl, the historical series, um, the Ramona and Beezus books, and of course, the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, During third grade, my teacher, Ms. Schweitzer, would strongly encourage reading in general. We did reading competitions, like my favorite one was whoever reads a thousand pages of books within a specific time frame gets to go on a class bowling party. (laughs) We did a bunch of just fun book reports, dressing up like historical figures we write about, and just all sorts of other fun projects. And I just remember having a blast with it, like, how can reading not be fun? (laughs) (laughs) that is incredible I absolutely love that yeah and you know I really love that you know a lot of these beautiful books these classic books 
they just bring out a, an aspect of childhood that I don't think people that don't get to read them get to experience. There's just something unique about experiencing these books as a kid and having them as part of your childhood. I love that so much. For sure. Christian, how about you? What was like a moment that really got you into reading and who and uh, and what inspired you to read? Yeah, so similar to Ryan and Valerie, I've kind of always loved reading ever since I can remember. Um, my mom used to read me and my siblings books when we were younger, um, like Little House on the Prairie. And I just I found books were kind of a haven to escape into, especially with moving around a lot. Um, I found that those characters became some of my best friends. And um, some of the first books that I fell in love with were fantasy books. Also, so some of those classics like Narnia. And yeah, I my love for reading hasn't stopped since. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, same, actually. It was really mm-hmm. funny because since I moved so much when I was a kid, I've, I've lived through like four states. Um, I kind of got used to thinking, okay, every three or four years, I kind of have to disconnect because I know uh, my friends aren't coming with me and things like that. So find, you know, reading books gave me a place where I actually made friends with characters and things like that. And you kind of get used to that um, and really get attached to these books, not just as as words, but as friends, as people that you're like, oh, yeah, I, I spent time with this character. So something else I'm curious about, when do you make time to read? Because life can be so busy sometimes, but if you make time for it, you can. How do you guys make time for reading? Well, I do definitely like what you've implied here. I read at night. Um, When I was younger, I read anytime I could. I read as soon as I was done school in the afternoon and mom would quote unquote release us um, from our work. I would run to my bedroom, jump on my bed and pick up whatever book I was currently reading. I'd have like five or six on my nightstand and just kind of alternate between them and I'd finish them all in a week or whatever. So uh, that was how things used to be. But obviously now as an adult, um, who works and and writes and just has a lot of different things going on, um, serving at church and stuff. I've found that reading at night is um, kind of my best time, but also it's a great de-stressor. If you know the day is busy and you've got a lot going on and you're a lot you're thinking about reading for 30 minutes before bed kind of helps me relax and helps me just kind of um, get into another world for a little bit, but I have to say, I think that we've all experienced, you know, really, really good books when you're like at that three quarter point and there's like maybe 50 pages left and it's all you can think about. And the next day you're like, okay, whatever free moment I have, I'm going to finish this. And somehow I always do find some kind of moment in the afternoon or something like I used to when I was a kid to finish reading that book. So it always makes me realize, I guess I have more free time to read than I realize, but especially when I'm super, super into it, but I have, but on the regular, it's, it's at night. Oh yes. And yeah, when you, when you're at that, that, that three quarter point where you're like this close to finishing the book, you're like, I cannot draw. I cannot. Exactly. So I've read so much. I have just this little bit to go. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. How about you, Ryan? Um, What is your favorite time to read? Absolutely strongly relate. And for me, my regular (laughs) is definitely a night too. Um, Right before I go to sleep, it's just, you know, so relaxing, helps me have that time to unwind without 
any screens in front of my face. That's why I especially don't like ebooks compared to physical copies. And yeah, it's just like one of those routine things for me. Um, but whenever I have free time in the day, of course, I'll take those chances when I have them. And when I was younger, especially road trips, just being in the car, I was lucky and I could read without any problems while I was, you know, moving. It was nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yes. And it is a lovely distressor, uh, de-stressor, not distressor. So I'm sensing a little bit of a pattern here, but I also <laughs> read in the evenings before bed because, yeah, I just find it relaxing after a long day. And then I, I also try to read throughout the day on, on my breaks um, at lunch. And I've also gotten into listening to audiobooks in the car on those, those long rides. So, yeah. I love that. Yes. Audiobooks have been my best friends lately. I'm when I'm doing the laundry, when I'm I have even started doing it when I'm cooking. I was listening to Pride and Prejudice at some point when I was studying literature, I think in my senior year, and I just did not have the time to finish it. So I was my mom had asked me to make dinner, so I'm like, "Okay, I'm making spaghetti and meatballs and we're just listening to Pride and Prejudice as we cook." And it was amazing. Now almost every time that I um, cook spaghetti and meatballs I m make sure that I have my pride and prejudice ready because it was actually so relaxing I was like this, this is amazing that is really yeah. cool I like that and I feel like that instantly makes any experience more romantic oh, <laughs> it, yeah. does. it really does hey there listener are you enjoying this episode I truly hope so now that you've made it this far I'm guessing you probably like reading a lot. <laughs> and you're in luck because I do too. In fact, I love reading so much that there are very few times during the day where I don't have my head stuck in a book or listening to audiobooks. But let's be honest, sometimes we don't have the time to prepare that idyllic reading moment with a cup of coffee or a mason jar with chilled iced tea. Sometimes you just have to read on the go. I'd love to share with you my absolute favorite reading apps that I've honestly fallen in love with over the years. I can honestly say that these apps have radically transformed my reading life and enabled me to discover books that I would never otherwise have stumbled upon or had the opportunity to read. And the best part, you can get this list for free right now if you wish to. All you have to do is head over to your favorite browser and type bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. That's bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. Or you can click on the link in the show notes below to access this completely free resource. I can't wait to hear your thoughts and find out which one of these apps becomes your favorite. Before we jump back into this episode, I wanted to tell you about a secret project I'm working on, and I think this might be right up your alley. You see, for years, I looked for a writing and reading community of young women who delighted in exploring ideas, discovering books together, and worked together to compose literary masterpieces and enduring friendships. Does this sound a little like a feminine inklings club? Okay, yeah, it, it, maybe it does a little bit. But recently, however, I've been beyond blessed to find other young women who yearned for the same kind of connections I did. And if you're someone whose heart is just burning right now, listening to me talk and getting all excited, I have amazing news for you. 
I'm working on a community-based project that I'm so excited to give more details about. If you're interested in learning more and joining, hop onto my waiting list by heading over to bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. That's bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. I so hope to see you there, friend. And now let's jump back to the episode. Oh my goodness. Okay, and I'm really excited about this next question, that, and um, I've been really excited to ask you guys about this one, but since we're talking about books that have inspired you and that have changed you, um, because books really have the power to change us, to mold us, to shape us into better people, hopefully, if, if they're, you know, good books, what are the top three books that you guys would say have shaped you as a person and what do you love about them I'd love to hear um, your thoughts on this Valerie yes absolutely so I definitely did some thinking about this question because honestly there are just so so many um so many wonderful books that I think have had an impact on me in a variety of different ways but if I had to narrow it down to three I think the first would be Anne of Green Gables which is probably comes as no surprise as I've already referenced it but I think Anne of Green Gables is that kind of trademark classic book that shows depth of character and character development um, shows that you don't need a distinct plot to have a good story you can you know have the episodic nature and be compelled just by the characters and I think just Ellen Montgomery's descriptions of Prince Edward Island and Avonlea are just so beautiful and books rarely have those um, descriptive settings anymore or at least describe it the quite as in quite as lush a way as she did. Um, so that has, I think, was kind of the foundation for the way I write now. Um, and another two books that um, played a part in, honestly, I, I think, well, this next one, The Book Thief by Marcus Suzak, um, that one I think changed a lot of how I want to write just because it was so unique. It was, I mean, it is truly the most unique historical fiction book I've ever read. Um, the choice of narrator, the choice of setting to tell the story of World War II from the perspective of German children who have, you know, fallen for Nazi um you know, ideology and yet have this, you know, they're hiding this Jew and having to reconcile that with their ideology, I think was just brilliantly done and kind of me, I like to write historical fiction, obviously, and, and read it and watch it. And so it kind of helped me see, okay, there's a way to do it differently and not just do it the same way it's always been done. Um, and the last book that shaped me is You've Reached Sam by Dustin Tao. And I actually just read that last year. So this is a more recent edition, but that book, um, one is just so good. You can't stop reading. It's so, you're just kind of like, how is this happening? But basically this girl's, um, the, Julie is the main character and her boyfriend has passed away suddenly. But when she goes to call him, just because she misses him, she wants to hear his voice through the voicemail, he answers. And of course it's like, wait, what? How is that happening? Um, but that book just basically takes us on a journey of her grief. And I think it was the first book that, after the book, I felt like a different person in terms of I felt like I was thinking about my life differently, my grief differently. I read it at a time when I was 
actually grieving something in particular, which, you know, doesn't always happen. Um, sometimes, you know, you read something later, you know, after the fact, after you've experienced something, but I was actually experiencing it then. And I found that after that book, I was able to approach my grief in a much healthier way because of what I'd seen happen and realize like, okay, I need to do these different things in order to help me with closure. So those books have shaped me in a person and in a variety of ways as a writer, as a reader, and just in general. Wow. I'm so excited. I have never heard of, um, you've reached Sam. Is that what, is that what it's called? Yes, I highly recommend it. Also, the cover is gorgeous. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I am adding that to my TBR list. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It sounds incredible. And I love that. I love that, you know, t- books can even teach you something, even in this really gentle way. They can reach places that I think not even like a sermon can sometimes. Absolutely. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, so I've thought long and hard about this, and I still struggle to fully commit. I think I'm not, like, <laughs> the only one who thinks, like, I don't know, books are precious things, and I hate to leave out other favorites. So just a PSA, this is very much subject to change. <laughs> I, love I, I would have to say number three is The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis, the oh, first so book in the Narnia series, yes. So I believe this is one of my first actual fantasy reads, and it kind of pointed me to the magic and beauty in our world, along with that faith-based background, which is something that's really stuck with me and is something I have in the stories I write, even though they're not specifically fantasy. I still love reading fantasy, though. Um, Number two is at least currently, a novella with a super long title. It's called And Every Morning the Way Home Gets Longer and Longer by Frederick Backman. Um, So I just read this one last year for the first time, but I can already tell it's a favorite and it profoundly affected me. Um, It's about a grandfather of his son and his grandson. And it's about his journey with struggling with dementia and approaching death. So it's a very sad book, but it's beautiful. And I think the main themes that stuck with me are um, just simply empathy and the power of memory. It also introduced me to the rest of Frederick Backman's books. Um, Just a heads up that these are adult contemporary novels and there's quite a bit of mature content. So just be aware of that. Look up trigger warnings and such. So just so you know what you're getting into, but he's one of my all-time favorite authors, if not my favorite living author today. His books are beautiful, and I just want to write like him. It's just so good. Um, But yeah, finally, number one would have to be The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. It's a French book. Um, This book is usually labeled as a children's story, but I'd say it's equally a children's story, and a fable that anyone can read and you can just learn so much from it. It's one of those stories that I seem to pick up on something new every time I read it. And I've read it a lot of times. <laughs> um, but instead of telling you exactly how it's um, shaped me as a person, I'll just leave you with my favorite quote that I jotted down. And it's, it is only with the heart that one can see clearly what is essential is invisible to the eye. Oh, that's wow. beautiful. I love that. Yes. Yes, definitely. Oh, my goodness. More books to add to my TBR. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's spectacular. I love that. And I love, I love how, um, actually, both of you, Ryan and Valerie, you both included children's books, because I, I found that some people, they're like, oh, why are you reading a children's book? I'm like, no, no, no. Children's books are gold. If they're really good, you will find more in them as an adult than you will as a kid. Actually, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, um, don't give or no, I think it might have been somebody else. I don't remember exactly. I'll look it up. But somebody said, don't give a book to a child that you would not read yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was C.S. Lewis. That was C.S. Lewis? Okay, good. I'm glad I had the right (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, I love that. How about you, Christiane? Which are your three books that have inspired you, that have changed you, that have really marked you? Yeah, um, so number one, probably not very surprising, is Lord of the Rings by Tolkien. Um, And Mm -hmm. it just really kind of awakened me to the wonder and imagination of fantasy and that you can really portray Christian truths in a powerful way through fantasy and story. Um, And yeah, it just has so much to teach us about friendship and good versus evil. Um, and really, it's, it's just a good adventure story all around. So um, then number two, Children of the Storm by Natasha Vins. Um, it's kind of a nonfiction biography written by the daughter of Georgie Vins and kind of recounts the story of how their family was persecuted in the Soviet Union um, during the late uh, 1900s. And it just kind of kind of showed me what persecuted Christians around the world face and kind of gave me a burden for for reaching people and really being a light in this world. And then number three, um, Do Hard Things by Brett and Alex Harris. I read this in my early teen years, and it really had a big impact on me and challenged me to step out of my comfort zone and do hard things, which was a big deal for me at the time because I was a little shy and insecure. Um, but it was really exactly what I needed to hear in that season of my life. And it's been really cool to see how God used that book and then kind of led me to Brett's program for young writers, which has helped me do so many hard things over the past few years. That's incredible. And I love that you included nonfiction books on this one too. Yes. Also children of the storm. That is such a gorgeous title. I love that. Is that what it's called? Did I get it right? Okay, good. (laughs) And you should definitely read it. (laughs) Yes, I definitely, definitely will. That sounds incredible. And for all of you, I love the fact that these are just books that are just so beautiful. And they just shaped the way that both you write and the people that you've become. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's what books really are about. It's about telling a beautiful story and changing lives in the end. And that's, I think, what what really drives us to write because writing is hard. And even reading, it can be kind of hard sometimes to keep reading a very long book. But it's that transformation, it's that process. And I think even that patience and endurance that it builds, that really makes you into a better person. Mm -hmm. I love that. Did you enjoy that conversation? Don't worry, you'll get to hear more next time as we dive into some of the things we would love to see future books explore. However, 
before we close out this episode, I did want to quickly say a little side note. As I was editing, I realized I never shared my own favorite books that have shaped me profoundly. It's honestly so funny. I asked everyone to share it and I forgot to have myself share. So I thought you might be interested in hearing what they were. So here are my own top three favorite books. My first one would probably be Radiant, just because it really transformed and radically changed the way I saw myself, the way I approached my own identity, and this is written by Priscilla Shire. It is such a wonderful book, and I keep recommending it to, I think, everyone I see, because it is just such a wonderful, transformative book that talks about our identity and how we should see ourselves in light of what Christ has done for us, and how this healthy identity should inspire us to bless other people to encourage other people to become people who do things we could never dream of because of the power that we have in Christ. And that was a huge game changer in my life, especially at the time that I started reading it. Number two would be The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, just because it has been so key and important for my faith life. Honestly, it's been such a wonderful reminder to remember that indeed all of life is something of a voyage of the dawn treader we go through different adventures and episodes and chapters of our life and the end goal of all of it is aslan's country even though we might not understand things at times there are just so many beautiful scenes that have really impacted me and strengthened me in difficult times one in particular being the scene where Lucy and the crew are heading into the Dark Island. If you've read this book, you definitely remember this. And she cries out to Aslan because he is their last resort. They don't know what's going to happen. They're facing this Dark Island where nightmares are apparently coming to life. But then she cries out to Aslan and... He comes in the form of an albatross, and as he's invading this darkness, he circles the mast and whispers into Lucy's ear, Courage, dear heart. And the beauty of that portion of the novel, the strength that it's given me in difficult times, has inspired me so much that I honestly don't think I can leave this book out of any list that talks about the books that have impacted me and that have encouraged me and helped me become the young woman that I am today. My third choice would probably be Anne of Green Gables, just because Anne has been such a big part of my life and I feel so much like Anne. And I think that she always inspires me by the way that she brings people together through love and imagination and truly transforms a village through her joy, through her imagination, her passion, and the way that someone who practically begins as a nobody becomes someone so beautiful and inspiring and the way that she breathes life into me even and reminds me of the beauty of enjoying God's creation and seeing the world a little differently and reminding me that it's okay to be a little bit different. In fact, it's a good thing to be a little bit different. So those are my 
probably my top three favorite books, or the at least the books that I feel like have changed and transformed me the most. But I can guarantee you every single book has been like a brick in the wall of who I am today. And I don't think I would be the person I am today if I hadn't read all the books that I had read, if I hadn't experienced all the things that I have and met the people that I have. I think that life as well as books is just an ongoing classroom. It's an opportunity to learn, to become something beautiful in the process of learning. So friends, I honestly hope that you have truly enjoyed this episode and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and which three books have shaped and changed you. I love you all and thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep living, giving, and repeating. Yay, you did it! I'm giving you a lovely big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Her Reading Life podcast. If you'd like to access all the wonderful links I mentioned in this episode, visit my website at bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. That's bio.site slash Shira J. Rodriguez. There you can access my blog posts, resources, and so much more. Also, check out my Instagram page for more inspirational content. And join my email list for insider secrets and exclusive updates on special events. The links are in the description box below. Also, if you could take a minute and leave a review for this podcast, that would be amazing. We're able to reach so many more people because of your reviews and ratings. I can't wait to chat with you next time, friends. Keep living, giving, and repeating.